All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. To Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Episode 208 of Oilers Nation Radio, the half the usual cast is on vacation episode because it is not Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk. It's Dan, Tyler, Waz, and Coomsey who uh, joins us via Zoom, via satellite at our Oilers Nation satellite offices in Toronto. Coomsey, what's up? We are scraping the bottom of the barrel. Hey, Tyler, this is just a BJN radio episode two. We yeah. Kevin and I were chatting. Uh, it was yesterday. We were yeah. just, we were just chatting. Yeah. This is, uh, this is like when the Oilers were about to get swept by the jets and they were like, fuck it. Let's put Devin Shore in the lineup. Um, that's a yeah, joke. That's obviously that, that's, that's exactly what this is. like. That's a very mean thing for me to say. Uh, was welcome to, yeah, well, welcome to the show. Wow, Waz. This is great. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah welcome to the show. Go to hell. Uh, oh, wow. uh, was welcome to what your third, fourth episode of ONR. Uh, it's been a while, actually. I mean, usually when I'm on here, you're on vacation or on a, oh. on a on business meeting or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I will be taking vacation later, but we'll deal with that. Uh, when, when the time comes episode 208, as always brought to you by our friends at DoorDash and Oodle Noodle Ding Dong, uh, use the promo code Owen radio pod DD to get 25% off your order and no delivery fees on your first order. That's a pretty smoking deal and use it to order a little oodle noodle because why not? As always, we start with the oodle noodle delicious debate. And today's debate is based off an article I wrote because I believe in self-promotion. Um, <laughs> Coomzy, you like that? Yeah, I do. I, I enjoy your content. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the way that you uh, horizontally integrate your content into other mediums for the company. Exactly. Um, uh, synergy, I believe, is the word you would use for it. Uh, all right. The question is, what should the Oilers backup plan be? If they do not or cannot sign a Vander Kane, and uh, while you guys think your answers, I'll run you through a few of the options. The you they could go the UFA route, where there are some intriguing names. You have the higher end options, and then you have you know maybe someone like an Andre Burakovsky of Larry Nashushkin. Um, someone tweeted me and suggested Claude Giroux, Andrew Cops, a free agent, Ricard Raquel. Um, a few options there. You could go the RFA route, where there's Lawson Kraus, Dylan Stroman, Victor Olafson. You could go the trade route for someone like uh, Josh Anderson or. Name me someone who maybe I'm not even thinking of for the trade route. Coomsey, I'll let you go first. If the Oilers miss out on a Vander Kane, who should be or what should be their backup plan? That's a tough one because uh, with the, you're, you're going to have a hard time replacing a Vander Kane's production regardless of who you bring in. I mean, you have a guy like Mason Marchment who you listed off there from Florida. He comes out of nowhere and scores 18 goals in 54 games with the Panthers. And it's like, is that a Florida Panthers thing. Is that just them having a deep offense and him feeding off of that? Can he replace that in Edmonton? The name that always kind of made sense for me was Lawson Kroos. Um, He's only like a year or two away from free agency, but he's that big body that can crash the net. Uh, The other thing that would be kind of ironic from an Oilers position would be throwing big money at Val Nishushkin. 
and then also simultaneously letting Pugliarvi go. But we won't bring that discussion into this into this topic just yet. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting. The thing with Marchman, and I agree, he's a very, very intriguing name. Um, he finished this year, like you said, 47 points in 54 games. But he also had just like a couple of crazy performances. Like he had the one game where he had six points against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And like you take that away. And then he also had, I think, two three-point games throughout the season on top of that. Like it was weird that like 10% of his total offense came from like three of his 54 games. Um, was I'll let you go next since you're also a guest. If the Oilers miss out on Evander Kane, what should their backup plan be? Um, I mean, you made it, but there's a great, good option. Maybe in Claude Giroux, but I don't know if that's necessarily worth it. How old is Claude Giroux right now? Uh, I mean, he is old and I'm not sure yeah. if it's exactly like that realistic. I think Giroux's going um, somewhere that's like, I, I could see him staying in Florida if they make the money work. Um, he's 34 years old though. or I could, yeah, I well, think I, if he doesn't chase a ring with like Florida or Colorado, I think he goes home to Ottawa. I think it really depends on how much cast space they're going to, or they're yeah. going to have going to the off season. And like, what about Andre Palat? Would that be a possibility? Yeah. I mean, I like the guy. He's, so, if you're looking to add someone who can like come through for you in the playoffs, Palat's yeah. an interesting name. But personally, I would love to see uh, Dylan Strom. I know he's an RFA, but you know, that connection he has with Connor McDavid, I'd like to see how that would like work in the, at an NHL level. Obviously they, they, the route, they did wonders in Erie, but like mm-hmm. that'd be, that'd be a fun option in my opinion. Him and Connor McDavid are boys. Like you remember that yeah. clip of the draft of them like waving at each other. And I, uh, in my article, I said Lawson Krause would be my number one RFA option. Like you said, Coombsy, I think he'd be a really solid fit. But Strom was number two on my yeah. list. He scored twenty goals in like sixty nine games last year. Twenty one goals in sixty nine games. Um, nice number there. And I think again, the connection with McDavid probably means he would slide into the locker room pretty well. Yeah, you consider the chemistry the team already has with Leon Dreis, yeah. Darnell Nurse, just the team as a whole gels pretty well together. So I think adding another piece like that would be very benefit beneficial. Dan? Well, I think that the question is flawed, first okay. of all. I'm sorry, Great. Tyler. But I just think that uh, that you don't truly, we can't truly replace what Evander Kane brought to this team, not with the, any of the options that we've listed so far. Um, I... I think that, you know, there was twofold to that, right? We got, we got Evander Kane on a swan song of a deal because of the issues with the sharks. And then his production was just, I just don't think you're going to match that. So uh, I think that what's going to end up happening, whom you already mentioned it. I think that Nikushkin Nikushkin is the, is the option that this team looks at. And to me, that's asinine because that's the potential that you have with a Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, But I think that that's a person that this team looks at. And then also Josh Anderson to me is just screams the team looking at for a guy that feels like Evander Kane, but isn't. And that's, that's the, that's the, I I don't know. I just, I just don't think we can truly replace what Evander Kane brought to this team. I think that, oh, go ahead. You have to look for the problem that we're kind of winding up in here. And this is kind of the worry with this front office is you have to look for not the player who's sticking out right now. Like that's the challenge with a Nishushkin. He has a fantastic playoff run. Someone's going to overpay like Josh, Josh Anderson, his contract. That's already been an overpay. You have to do kind of like what the Panthers keep doing with these Marchments and um, Sam Bennett's and Anthony Duclair's guys. That Carter Verhage. Un- yeah. yeah. Guys like that, that are going to just randomly break out. Like the Leafs did it last year with Michael Bunting. You got to find that guy rather than overpaying for someone who just did well to fill Kane's spot. <laughs> I think that's really well said. And it's something bag milk has talked about a lot on this show. Not to say that Ken Holland is a bad GM. He's probably a fine GM, but he's not exactly a creative GM. Right. And I worry you're right. Anderson, he, you know, maybe looks and feels like a Vander Kane, but he is not a Vander Kane. He's not going to score you 40 goals in this lineup next season. And he's going to cost you a five and a half million against the cap and B probably a first round pick plus to get him out of Montreal if you really want him. And my concern is Ken Holland will get sort of the tunnel vision if they lose out on Kane and he'll sit there and be like, need Anderson, like like he did last summer with Keith, need Anderson, got to get Anderson doing whatever it takes to get him. And whatever it takes to get Josh Anderson could really cripple you down the line. And that same sentiment, again, it feels like that kind of idea for a Nichushkin where he is a big body. Yep. He's performed well in the playoffs, you know, and, and so that's how he but then with Nichushkin's also it's like, is, is that because of the Colorado bump kind of, you know, is he performing yep. well because he's playing in Colorado? Yeah. And maybe he comes in and maybe he does, he, he does never, exactly yeah. the same thing, but then we're, we've cast out Jesse Pugliarvi <laughs> for nothing. So it's they just, already have they already have the next Nishikin yes. in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, no sense in overpaying for the current one. 
And again, Nachushkin, I, I made this comparison with uh, Sarah Volley on the DFO rundown when we were talking about this, because Frank thinks he's going to get Zach Hyman money. He thinks it's five and a half million on about a seven year term for Valeri Nachushkin. We'll see if that actually ends up happening. Um, but Nachushkin, even if you prorate his seasons to 82 games, he has hit the 20 goal mark once. Once. You do not pay a one time 20 goal score five and a half million dollars over the next seven, six, even five, even four years. I'm not giving him that kind of money. His shooting percentage also spiked up 2.4% higher than it's ever been in his career. Like the writing is on the wall that this dude had a career year in a contract year with a juggernaut team. This is Valerian Nishushkin's fine, but he's not this. Yeah, but he's won a Stanley. He could win a Stanley Cup, Tyler. He might be winning a Stanley Cup. You can't, you can't, you can't put a price on that kind of value, can you? You know who else won a Stanley Cup and came here? Alex Chason. That worked. Well, for one year with that power play. I mean, Duncan Keith, he's got a consummate three Stanley Cups, a gold medal, and look how that's turned out. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, the Palat one's interesting, but I think Tampa Bay keeps him as well. I really do think you were onto something there, Dan. You're not replacing a vendor Kane. You're list, if you list off the guys in free agency, UFAs who are capable of scoring 40 goals next season, Forsberg, Goudreau, m- maybe Nazem Kadri. Yeah, it depends on his situation. All three of them are getting eight years at north of eight and a half million dollars. Kadri maybe is on the lower end. Goudreau and Forsberg are getting over nine million a year. Evander Kane gives you 40 goal potential. You know he works in your lineup and you're going to get him for seven or seven and a half. I get the baggage. You need to be real careful with the term, but it is pretty remarkable how we sit here and talk about 40 goal potential scores in free agency. And Kane is going to come in, even if he gets a fourth year, it's going to be four less years and two and a half to three and a half, four million dollars less than the rest of this free agency class and the guys who are capable of doing that. It's crazy. Is there anything to the the talk that was rumbling around about how he's going to have to wait until long after free agency has there, opened? They still haven't come to a conclusion on his grievance. Right. So what could hypothetically happen is, well, on one side, you have him saying that his contract was unjustifiably killed by the sharks in the league in which case if that ends up being right then his contract gets reinstated and he's again a member of the san jose sharks going into next year on that old contract Crazy. so that's that's like a hypothetical thing so we don't know if kane's even going to be a free agent i would imagine like mike richards and the la kings met in the middle and it was i think largely in favor of the team but they wound up paying him out like 30 percent of the contract over 15 years or something so that's what i would guess happens with kane he becomes a free agent maybe if he gets a nice payout he's down to go and get paid a bit less cash well and in reality too if you're if the the truth is that they can't get a judge or i can't remember what the story was exactly but if they can't get an independent arbitrator that's busy during the month of june and kane was busy during may which is which is weird that only one guy can do this so and that's why i'm kind of calling bs on this i think it's all a negotiation the nhl's sitting there going hey evander kane you need money. We're just going to wait. We're going to see how low you can go. I guarantee you if Kane went to them and said out of the 23 mil, I'll take six mil. They would probably say done settled. But Kane's sitting there going, nah, I need the money. No, I, he, he's firm. He's stubborn. He's sitting there saying, I probably, he probably wants close to 20 of it. If not all of it's it. Also, it's also the players association too, right? Like yep. they're trying to set a precedent. They have to fight on behalf of each player. They have to, they have to take it all the way. They yep. can't. They, you know, just, the, they can't pull back their grievance and be like, well, teams can just find ways to kill, you know, $28 million of a contract just like that. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, that's not a comment on Kane's situation. I'm not no, saying no. that his contract shouldn't have been voided, but just talking from about the players the, association's yeah. perspective. Yeah, that's the union's job is yeah. to protect every yeah. player, whether, you know, whether they agree with them or not. So what I think they're trying to do here is the NHL is trying to say, oh, yeah, our only arbitrator is busy till after free agency, conveniently trying to hope Evander Kane takes a lesser settlement because he doesn't want to hurt his chances of getting a big ticket in the summer. Exactly. Kane's sitting there probably doing the reverse going, all right, San Jose, you don't want to settle. I'm pretty confident this arbitrator is going to make you pay my entire salary. So who cares? And I believe once it gets to the arbitrator, it's one or the other. Like, I don't think the arbitrator can come in and be like, you owe him half the money. I think the arbitrator goes either it was just or unjust in your termination. He's either getting all of it or none of it. And I think that is leading to this weird sort of staring match between the two sides. But that also, I think, plays into the Oilers hands because 
we're not a team that's going to be moving on a big free agent mm-hmm. if we miss out on Evander Kane, even if we feel like we're going to miss out on Evander Kane. But if that plays out for a couple of weeks, some of the other suitors are going to fill that money in. Mm-hmm. And, and Evander Kane is going to have less money available to him. Like you said, maybe the league is trying to play that angle. But if that works out, that might work out in the Oilers' favor. So if you're the Oilers in this scenario, and I think Friedman said this when he was on Oilers Now, and you have a deal. Let's say the Oilers and Kane have negotiated a three-year, $7 million AAV contract. And you call San Jose. This is what you would do. You'd call San Jose, whoever their GM is once they find one. Because that's the other thing. The Sharks don't have a GM right now. You call whoever's <laughs> going to be their GM because Kane has three years at $7 million left. And you say, hey, gentlemen's agreement here, all right? If the arbitrator says he's going back to you, you're trading him to me for a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick. And at that point, I would imagine the Sharks say, yeah, good deal. We don't have to pay the guy. You probably don't even have to get an asset for it. But you just kind of call and get that gentleman's agreement. Maybe the Sharks would sit there and say, no, we are not helping the team that is in our division. But you would imagine just to get rid of the money, they would agree to that. So we'll see what ends up happening with Kane. If the Oilers miss him, um, there's not a like I look at that UFA list and I put together the guys in the article who scored 20 goals this year and who are UFAs. Forsberg, Goudreau, Kadri, Perron. He's staying in St. Louis. Nachushkin, Bergeron's off the list now. Niederreiter, Burakovsky. Trocek, Giroux, Stastny. How the fuck did Paul Stastny score 20 goals last year? Ryan Strom, not coming here. Andrew Kopp, Mikheyev, Raquel, and Malkin. Like, there's not a lot of guys there who you look at and go, they would look great on the Oilers' top yeah. line. Well, and those first three names you listed, I feel like the Brinks truck is already beeping yeah. to back up to them. <laughs> yeah. So Mikheyev's an interesting show. I know a lot of Leafs fans liked him, so. I... So I think you're not going to get a 40 goal guy. You need to do your best. If you have $7 million set aside for Kane on a three-year deal and he takes five by seven somewhere else, I think you just need to take that $7 million and move it and go get two, three and a half million dollar wingers that you think can help you score 20 goals a pop. I think McKayev, sorry, go ahead. Use the money to improve in a different area though. Like the Oilers have where they actually have depth in their farm system and with young talent is on the wings. Like, Dylan Holloway is going to pop up next year. He might be pretty yeah. good. Xavier Borgo doesn't look like he's that far from being an NHL player. Raphael Lavoie is um, two years in the AHL now. Savoy. Like there's, 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 there's tons of players there that can fill these roles. I think why not just spend the cash on going and getting a goalie or going and adding to your blue line? See, and I think the goalie thing will be taken care of with the Barry money. Like, I don't think yeah. you even need to go like, I think four and a half off the books from Barry 2.2 of Mike Smith's LTIR money. That gives you 6.7. Like you can probably go get a goalie anyways. And I do think, again, as much as the scoring was solid for the Oilers in the playoffs, how much of the scoring was McDavid and Dreisaitl? I still do think there's a little bit of pressure on this team to go get a solid third line that can consistently score. I look at Ilya Mikheyev as a guy who did that in Toronto, like Coombs a year in that market. He basically plays second or third line minutes, right? Like all the time. He never played a ton with Matthews, did he? No, he was never really a top six look and fans always cried for that, but he was such a wildly inconsistent player. Like he'd have these stretches where he looked so good and he was creating offense in the bottom six. It was the same as Kasperi Kapanen. It was like the exact same role and everyone got excited. Oh, Kasperi Kapanen scoring these shorthanded goals on the third line playing 12 minutes a night, but then he disappears for a month. So it's just like, it's, it's that same kind of player that you don't necessarily want to throw 2.53 mil at just to have be ho-hum on the team, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, my hypothetical deal of the day would be, and I get some people might scoff and say, this is maybe a bit of an overpay. You trade Tyson Berry for a second round pick. You use that second round pick trade down a little, turn it into like a late second and a late third or something. So you're covered. You got some picks. Then you take pick number 29 packaged with Zach Cassian for Lawson Crows. Yes. I wouldn't mind that Love at that. all. Love that. Just because I'm Zach Cassian, I personally find it's a very useless player. Oh yeah. He's like not worth the, he's not playing oh. another game as an oiler. I think him and Barry are like locks to be in different cities next season. Um, are we confident that uh, Duncan Keith might also retire? Uh, he's coming back. Okay. I, think. okay. I think that's kind of died off for both of those yeah, guys, yeah. isn't it? Like even Smith, it's not. It's not confirmed, but. I don't think Smith is coming back though. Is he going LTIR though? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I like I, his, his contract is bigger in the second year than the first, so I can't see him retiring. He'll, he'll if anything, LTIR and just get yeah. paid. Yeah. Can you imagine if he did? He was like, you know what? I really don't need the money, guys. I'm good. $2.6 million. He's like, nah. I mean, his career earnings Come are for the playoffs. His career earnings are $48.8 million. So do you really need the extra two Mike Smith or can you do us a solid? 
Get us out of LTIR space, although we will be with Clef Bomb anyway, so it really doesn't matter. I I I picked on your question, Tyler, but it was a good it was a good question. It no, it definitely was. You're not gonna replace Ivana Kane's production, yeah. but you can find some ways to navigate around it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of uh, maybe the point of the exercise. And you know what, Dan? Mm-hmm. It got us 17 and a half minutes into the podcast. <laughs> so damn it. That's a pretty it. good that's oodle good, noodle. Good content creation. Delicious. Yeah. 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 Delicious. That Master one article class. I wrote, I've now spun into a third of this podcast and a YouTube video. That's how, uh, that's how you play the algorithm game. Um, Make a TikTok about it now. Yeah. Yeah. Waz, there here we go. go. Let's yeah. cut up a TikTok. Waz, yeah. be ready to cl- clip, clip the best part of this conversation yeah. into a one minute TikTok with uh, music from Super Mario. Yes. We got to do that. Yes. <laughs> you like that? They do so well. They do. <laughs> All right. We got to give some love to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. You can find them online. Cornerstoneins.ca. Insurance brokers in both Edmonton and Calgary. Proud teammates of Oilers Nation. Head over to their site. Get a quote, submit a claim, solid protection, sound advice, cornerstone insurance. I had a fun little question I wanted to throw your guys away. I was uh, chatting a little bit on the Daily Faceoff show the other day about, you know, which teams in the NHL could be the most likely to make a blockbuster splash this summer. And before we do that, I wanted to go around the horn and ask you guys, what's the first ever blockbuster trade in the NHL that you remember as a kid? The first trade that really stuck in your head is like, wow, like that was wild. Uh, Coomzy, is there one that stands out to you? I think um, for me, it has to be the Pronger Edmonton trade because I started, I was born in 93 and I paid attention to hockey a bit throughout my childhood, but didn't start really getting into it right before the lockout. So then the lockout ends and then there's just this massive flurry of guys moving around because all of a sudden there's a salary cap and contracts are disappearing, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, like a player that you just kind of know of from having like a 98 overall in a video game is on the Oilers. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so that, that'd be it for me. Was uh, the two of us are similar age, so we yeah. may have somewhat similar answers, but what's your take? Uh, so I didn't start really getting the hockey around 2009, 2010. I think the first one that really struck out to me, I think was the Dion Phaneuf trade from Calgary to Toronto. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I can't remember. I just, I can't remember the details, but I just remember it was a huge trade. They Dion oh. Phaneuf going to Toronto. And I think they gave him the captaincy straight away. I don't, I remember. Yeah. Something was, like that. Yeah. Um, the deal was insane. So it was Dion Phaneuf going to Toronto along with Freddie Sustrom and Keith Ollie, Oilers legend, Keith Ollie. And in return, it was Jamal Mayers, Nick Hagman, Matt Stajan, and Ian White. Um, so it was a seven player deal. No picks involved. Wait, random thing with Keith Ollie. Can you remember when he was in the world juniors, he was on the blue line with another really tall guy and they called him the twin Towers. You remember who the other guy was? I'm going to find out one sec. Yeah. Cause it was like Keith all in. It was like, I don't, I, I want to say like Jared Cowan or somebody like that. I think they would have been the similar era around the same time. Something like that. Right. Yeah. One sec here. Let's find As an aside from Phaneuf, I think was you're right. They made him captain right away. Cause I remember there being a story that he came into the locker room in Toronto and started playing music. And the media just went nuts about it. They're of like, course. Fuck, yeah, this guy came in and he just alpha the team. He's the new captain. And that was like a thing that happened. Which is which is hilarious to think about. I'm trying to think of other blocks. Might have been Carl Alzner, Coomsey. Really? Was Carl Alzner that tall? I Wait, don't think no, it was. That's a different year altogether. I'm not imagining this. This definitely happened. I'm not just, you know, I'm not I'm not being insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, what's yeah. your first, well, my first, yeah, you guys, while you keep looking up that one, uh, my first ever Oilers blockbuster that I remember was when Doug Wake got traded. I was driving across the country to move to Halifax. Yep. I did live in Halifax, Dan lived in Halifax. uh, but in Halifax? of course back in that time, the internet didn't exist. So we heard on the radio in like Winnipeg that Doug Wade had been traded, but they didn't give any actual information. So I was <laughs> devastated and I was just racking every newspaper I could for days to try and figure out the trade. It ended up being Doug Waite with Michael Reason for Marty Reasoner, Jochen Hesch, and defenseman Jan Horacek. So uh, that was my Oilers blockbuster, but the first ever blockbuster I remember was the Patrick Waugh trade. My, uh, my grandfather hated Patrick Waugh and was like so against him when he did the, when he, when he refused to play for them after the blowout. And from that moment on, he was just like anti Patrick Waugh. So when he got traded, he was real mad at the Colorado avalanche and, the mm. and that, that franchise. But uh, yeah, so the Patrick Waugh trade was my, was my first big blockbuster that I remember in 95, 96, 95. 
Um, Coombs, yeah, have you ever done Tyler the- Myers? It's Tyler Myers, that's who it was. I yeah, okay. down, but I found it. It says, uh, yes, and it says they were nicknamed the Twin Towers, so I didn't make that up. Good. Uh, that <laughs> I just blue line, to make sure that I didn't, and that wasn't just me being completely insane. That blue was line possible. was sick, by the way. They had Colton Tubert, PK Subban, Petrangelo Myers, Hickey, Cody Golubov, Ryan Ellis, who was like, I think, 12 years old that year in the World Juniors, and Keith Ollie. Um, that was a sick blue line, anyways. Former Edmonton Oiler, Colton Tubert. Have you ever done a video, Coomsey? I don't remember if you have, of the Doug Waite trade tree. That's a good one. No, that's one that I've thought about doing, but I should. I should do it. I'm loosely following it now. So like you mentioned Reasoner and then Jochen Hesch was in that deal as well. And Horacek. Yeah, Jochen Hesch then turned into two second round picks, one of which was Jeff Drouin Delorier, um, who the Oilers never actually traded. They let walk. But Jarrett Stoll was the other pick who was then traded for Lubomir Vishnovsky, who was then traded for Ryan Whitney. Who was then let walk? walk. Ah, so that ends wow. that. Uh, Reasoner, Never by the left. way, Reasoner turned into Sergey Samsonov, who then walked. So there and you they go. signed Reasoner again. So yes, that kind of sure ends did. up. Yeah, good point. There's another one involving St. Louis because they had the whole shift with Cujo and Mike Greer and guys like that were flipping around at the same time. Uh, that one might stretch for a while too. Eric Brewer. No, that was the problem. Yeah, Pronger and Brewer were the were were, yeah. were yeah. was a Blues trade as well. Uh, the first blockbuster I remember was November of 05. So I would have been eight years old. And I remember getting the hockey news and reading about the Joe Thornton trade and what a big deal that was. And I remember like watching, I think even like the day I happened or whatever, I'd always wake up in the morning, watch the sports highlights. Yeah. So you'd hear about the deals and whatnot. And them talking about that Thornton deal was insane. I'm curious though, in at the time, do you remember which side of the trade you were, you thought was better? I was eight. So all I knew yeah. is that my Joe Thornton hockey cards had to go from like, the Bruins area to the Sharks. Area. I remember <laughs> thinking that the, that the Bruins were so dumb to make that move. Really? And I mean, yeah, I think that was the general consensus. Yeah. I didn't, I don't remember there being any pro arguments in favor of what Boston did. Yeah. So what was like, again, I didn't, I was eight. I didn't like follow the sport in depth. What was the reasoning behind it? Was he it just that they were the like playoffs? That was yeah, a, there was, was a like, narrative of him in Boston that he wasn't tough enough and he would choke in the playoffs and mess up. And I think they had dropped a series to Montreal in the playoffs shortly before that. And oh, yeah, because he has said they had. Yeah, they had him and Sergei Samsonov as well at the same time. And they were both coming up on unrestricted or restricted free agency, one or the other. And it also came down to money, too, because this is just after the cap came in. He got Jordan Everlade. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, flipped into just an absolute monster Marco Sturm, hall. Keith Primo. But that won the Sean. Stanley Cup for them, didn't it? Didn't I, they? Wasn't Marco Sturm a part of the Stanley Cup winning championship? I think was he, he was. I think that was that was Bru- the Bruins he fans always tried to sell that. No, yeah, no, no never mind. Then no, nobody go. from the trade was involved in the in the Stanley Cup team. Never mind. But I guess you could argue that it opened up the room for Patrice Bergeron to thrive as a rookie. There you go. Yes, <laughs> if you want uh, to say that, it also gave him the cap room to sign Chara in the offseason. Right. Mm. Yeah, because if you can't, you can't afford uh, Chara if you still have Joe Thornton there. That's right. They uh, they then went on to flip Wayne Pre or uh, Sturm was flipped for futures. Primo was flipped for former Oiler Andrew Ference and Chuck Kobasu. Who's uh, all time so there's yeah, there's a couple cup. Those uh, guys were on the 2011 yeah. team. They then flipped Kobasu for a pick that landed them Alexander Koklachev, who again all timer. Um, and Wayne Primu was oh, I said that he was flipped for uh, Ferenc Kobasu. So there you go. There's your Joe Thornton trade tree update. Not that anyone was asking for it. I like it. Summer content. Yeah. Summer I mean, what content. comes to like blockbuster trades as well? I mean, 2016 was pretty wild. Well, that was pretty memorable. The little 10 minute run of yeah, Hall yes. for Larson, Subban for Weber, Stamco signs. I was actually yeah. like, I don't think we'll ever get anything like that again in the NHL. Like just the fact it all happened, like bang, bang, bang. Yep. Helped yep. us. Helped the other one that the was pain. totally out of the blue is when the, the Flyers randomly traded Carter and Richards within, what was that, a few days? Was yeah. it on the same day? Yeah, they that were. That was so out of the blue. And that was, that was a, wasn't that a Bobby Clark special where he just thought that those guys weren't a good crew of like, basically humans. thought they partied too hard yeah. and wanted to get yeah, them out they, of the locker were, room. They were drinking too much. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, they went and drank out of the Stanley too. cup in LA. Yeah. Like just insane. Uh, so it was June 23rd, 2011 was the Richards deal. It was the same day, June 23rd, 2011. That was Shannon Simmons, right? 
So Vora or sorry, Carter went for Voracek, a first rounder that turned into Couturier and Nick Cousins. Richards went for Wayne Simmons, Braden Shen, and a second rounder that turned into Devin Shore. I was, <laughs> I was on I was on some forum. I don't know if it was HF boards or not, but I remember the photo came out of of the players on Philadelphia altogether. And it was like, this guy's gone, this guy's gone, this guy's gone. Cause they were all partying in the photo. Right. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it's one of those things. There's, there's been some owners, just like you said, Coombsy with Joe Thornton, where like the or owners and GMs that are willing to chop people because of their opinions, not necessarily for- like the Bruins with Sagan as well. Yep. yep. Yeah. Well the Bruins Boston's market is the, Kings and Queens of character assassination. Yeah. Once, once a player is done in their eyes, they just absolutely dump them. So uh, let's take that information and take a look at this year's off season and uh, what's coming up in the next few months here around the NHL. And who do you guys have sort of pegged as a potential team who could make a blockbuster this summer to give you maybe a little bit of inspiration as to uh, what could go down or who some teams are that are maybe in a position to make a big deal. Frank Saravalli's most recent trade targets list over at Daily Faceoff. The top three, Alex Dabrinkit, Kevin Fiala, Blake Wheeler. They are followed closely by Jacob Chikrin, John Gibson, JT Miller, Tony D'Angelo, the number two overall pick in New Jersey, Tyson Berry and Jesper Bratt. Coombsy, is there a team around the NHL who you look at and go, they are ready to make a big splash this summer? Yeah, the Devils definitely stand as a team that wants to do that because they have the second overall pick. They've been picking high a lot. Like, I mean, everyone makes fun of the Oilers for all their high picks, but man, New Jersey has been at the top of the draft for a while and they do not have very much to show for it. I mean, uh, you have Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer as your big two, and then they signed Dougie Hamilton in the offseason to a big contract. And the team doesn't have a hell of a lot else beyond that. So it wouldn't be shocking to see them kind of expedite the process, trade the number two overall pick, something else, and get an impact now player. Who that is, I honestly have no idea. But they also have $28 million in cap space. So they can do a lot. They could have like a Ken Holland 2021 style offseason where he's just spending money like mad. <laughs> see that from New Jersey. Devils fans cringe. Um, yeah, I could see them going hard after a guy like Kevin Fiala. I think I've said that before, but the idea of getting him pairing them up with Heeshire, a couple Swiss players on the same line. I, I think to get Heeshire going, that could work out really well for them. Um, and I'm sure the wild would love to get a high draft pick back in that deal as well. Uh, Dan, what do you got circled as a team that can make a big splash? Well, I, we were talking about it before the show. I think that the Calgary flames might be able to, or might have to get unique if they do lose out on Johnny Gaudreau. And I think that you start to see some movement from that team if they did lose out on their offensive, you know, on their offensive powerhouse and had to go elsewhere for it. Um, But I also, I wonder what the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to do. Like, are they, Mm. are they done as, as a franchise? Are they accepting that the window is closed and that they're just kind of playing out the last years of Crosby's career or are they going to take the the savings that they get out of a Malkin contract that, you know, is changed now and and do something with it and try and have one last hurrah at the finals. That's interesting. Um, I, I like they have Jari. He's a good goalie. I was asked earlier today if like if Pittsburgh would go after Flurry and if Jari would shake loose. I don't see that happening. Um, I'd love to see it happening. But yeah, you're right. Like Brian Burke doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to sit there and be like, you know what? Good run, Sid. We're going to we're going to get a couple picks over the next couple of years. Um, Waz, who do you have as a team that could maybe make a big splash? I don't know if they're going to make a big splash, but I can see a few players leaving. What would the Winnipeg Jets? I tweeted about that and like, yeah, there's a lot of like talk coming out of there. Pierre looked Dubois, Blake Wheeler, even Connor Hellebuck. Like, I feel like a lot of players are going to be leaving. I don't know how much of a return they're going to get for these players. Like, I, I mean, if the jets wanted to rebuild Dubois easily gets you a first. If you keep half of Wheeler, he gets you a first Mark Shifley gets you a first. Connor Hellebuck gets you a lot. He gets you whatever you could ever, whatever you could possibly do for Hellebuck. What would you give up if you're the Oilers? So pick 29 is on the table. Next Easy. year's first is in the deal as well. It's two firsts for sure. And How does the money work? Would you put Skinner in that? Or mm. different goalie prospects aren't really the strength of the Oilers. No, not loves fucked off. Uh, <laughs> they just signed that fancy guy from NCAA. You have to keep in mind, like Hellebuck's a UFA in two seasons, right? So you are getting two seasons of a Vezina. Yeah, that's your window. So you do it. Like you don't sit there and be like, oh, what if we can't re-sign him? No, you do it. And you keep a free agent in three years too. So you got to rip. 
you got to go. Um, you keep Skinner. I think you don't put him in that deal just because he's your young backup. And in two years, if you're like, hey, Skinner's legit, we're going to run with him, then losing Hellebuck in free agency would be fine. Um, I think it's this year's first. It's next ra- next year's first. And then you probably have to include one of Broberg or Holloway, whichever one the Jets want to take. I know uh, Zach made a like a video. We made a video. He's like maybe putting Yamamoto for a deal for Hellebuck potentially. Not even like, close yeah. though. Doesn't make sense it's because tough. he's too close to UFA years now. It doesn't yeah. work for the Jets. So it, it'd anything. have to be Holloway or Broberg in two firsts, yeah. I think, is the offer. I don't think that there's a package that Winnipeg could present that I would say no to for a Connor Hellebuck. Like, like as long like, as it doesn't touch McDavid Drysaddle, yeah. you're mm-hmm. good with it. To me, it's Bouchard, like, I'd say. to me, it's like for that value in the window to all of a sudden go from Mike Smith to a Vesna goalie, like I don't know that that that's a that's a that's a swing where Ken Holland is in yeah. GM would of you, the year kind of. <laughs> would you give them Evan Bouchard? Would you put him in your untouchables list? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I would put him. Really? really? If if, oh, wow. if there was if it like to me that's a straight up or you know less. Obviously, you're losing less there. Obviously, I want to go futures. I'm I'm a big proponent of trading yeah. like first round draft picks until you die at this point. Yeah. But but yeah, I like Connor Hellebuck gets me excited. For me, the cons- my the only line I would draw in a negotiation with the Jets is, are they an impactful player for us now? If the yeah. answer is yes, you can't have them. And for me, Bouchard falls in that category. Yamamoto doesn't fall in that category. He's a good player for us, but he's not like a high-end impact piece for us. So I would move Hel- Yamamoto, but I can't imagine them wanting it. I think it's three major assets in a deal for Hellebuck, two firsts, and one of your best prospects have to be in there. And that honestly... At that point, you still might get outbid. That might not be enough. Well, that's where I'm saying, like, even if it is a Bouchard, to me, that then you take that Kane money and you try and find some defensive help because all of a sudden your team has absolutely shifted in its in its priorities. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just because you can you can just resign Kulak then. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. Broberg on the other side. Uh, I just think Bouchard's going to be the, a guy for you for the next decade that you're just relying on to eat minutes in your top four and be a steady. You got to give something up, right? Like, but that's first round picks for two years are pretty much nothing. Those are coin flips. But you're including Broberg. Broberg, like, is the upside there to get rid of two years of Hellebuck? I like the Jets were just in the playoffs last year. They just beat the Oilers in a playoff series. I don't think they're that ready to blow it up that they're going to get rid of Hellebuck for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think you're probably you're I mean, you're overpaying in the moment. But again, a hellebuck fixes, oh. checks so many boxes. He's good. Someone, somebody, some, some desperate team out there. Like what would like the Leafs give up for hellebuck yeah. just yeah. to finally get them over the exactly. hump? Like, there's some teams out there that would just do it. So the question mark is that. gone. The question mark is gone with a hellebuck. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we just solved all of our I problems ju- I know, right I here. Just, I just have such a hard time moving on from a guy like Evan Bouchard. The same. Like, so good. Yeah, but there's you gotta still pay a lot to left. It. To, I mean, that's the price you pay, right, Coomzy? It is. You gotta, you gotta give to get. Would you decimate your trigger. defense at Connor Hellbuck? And then you decimate though. Is that decimated defense, or is that just giving up a it's piece? It's just giving up a guy who should be here for the next decade. Yeah, and like yeah. that's really, really hard for me. That's a hard pill to swallow. Let's bring Jay in and see if he wants to do it. Oh, <laughs> Jay, Jay's knocking at the door, screaming, "Do the trade!" Like we're in here with Ken Holland. Um, Send him a fax message saying, "Kenny, we figured it out. Pull the trigger." We found the solution. Uh, Connor Hellebuck is the answer. Tyler's coming around. It wasn't Ty Ratty. It wasn't anybody. It was Connor Hellebuck. Like if you had in front of me two buttons and I held the power, it's two first in Bouchard or you don't get Connor Hellebuck. Oh, it's not. I don't know if it's going to be two first. I don't know if it'd be two first. Because Bouchard, Bouchard's a lot. So it might just be one first in top of Bouchard. So it's one first in Bouchard or you see, and I think the Jets would almost take the picks at that point. Two picks and someone with. You're not going to get Bouchard in the late first round. Not a chance. I think two first. I think the Jets would value two firsts in one of Holloway or Broberg over a first in. Then take. It. I think like if you're Bouchard as much as you do to try and talk yourself out of this trade and but, think of how much the Jets would value. But I think when you're, <laughs> but I think when you're heading into a rebuild, you just value stockpiling. But he's young enough to. You have to have a player to build around. And that's yeah. the thing is you're going to have all these guys. Yeah. And we saw this with the Oilers when when they were bringing all their guys up the high picks. There was nobody else in the team to be a veteran like. Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle were immediately the best two guys in the team. I mean, they had Ryan Whitney, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why you, you need someone to build Sean Horkoff. 
He's young. He's only 20, what, 21, 22? Yeah, he's 22. Um, the other pieces they would sell off. Like, I mean, I would imagine they keep around guys like Connor and Ehlers. Um, but I, the fact that it's just beyond disrespectful that Pierre-Luc Dubois can look an organization in the face and be like, I know I'm not a free agent for two years, but I'm not re-signing with you guys. I'm out of here when that two years comes up. That's an insane That's it is. It's a trade request. And like, why is he such, why is he so pissy to steal a line from my good friend, Jim Matheson? Like, what's your problem here, Luke Dubois? No city is good enough for you. Just doesn't like Winnipeg. Whoa. No airports, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, well, <laughs> well, we're not, it's not like we're talking about New York city versus Los Angeles. Yeah, I know, but like in Columbus to the, the entitlement of a young player, like, I don't know to demand your way out of Columbus and do what you did when there really like, wasn't that much wrong with your situation. You could have yeah. just played out just as the number one center for a few years. Just to play that one out further, Tyler, are you okay with a junior player asking to not play for the team that drafts him? I, uh, Nathan McKinnon. I think that all, I think you should abolish drafts in junior hockey. I think wow. asking a 16 year old, or in some cases with exceptional status younger, but asking a 16 year old to just like move to some random little town is a lot. And that's why I've always been a big proponent. This is totally off base of the AJHL road. A guy like Kale McCarr, he went to the AJHL. He got to stay at home, live in Brooks. He got to pick where he played his college hockey and find the best spot for him. And sometimes I just think it's weird in major junior, how it's like, Hey, 16 year old from Manitoba. Guess what? You're going to live in Prince George by yourself. And that's just a lot or like to put billets, on the kid. Or like billets. You're moving in some well, yeah. random family. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It is always billets. <laughs> um, but I, I just feel like that's fine. Like when Connor McDavid got picked to Erie, there was all that talk. It's like, he is not going to play a shift for Erie. He is going to London or Peterborough and he will just refuse. And I mean, to his credit, I guess he didn't. Um, he went and played it out, but McKinnon did, right? He was like, fuck that. Noise. He refused to. And then the team ended up trading to Halifax and then they ended up meeting in the finals in his Memorial cup year. That's both. Wild, man. And so there was a lot of fans there. Which in team was that? Clusters. Was that uh, the Jakar? Yeah. The Jakar. Yeah. Uh, what city is that? I don't well, remember. Why can't Bay I think Como, of it? Starts with a B. Acadie Bathers. No, there's no. Bay Como. Yeah. Como. Yeah. You're Bay right. Como. The Bay Como Jakar and like players that they traded for McKinnon were their stars. Yeah. That's why. So, yeah, it was a, it was a neat one, but anyways, Eric sorry, Lindros. I didn't mean, yeah, exactly. Eric Lindros, another famous one. I just was curious as to yeah. where your, where your lines were, but yeah, for a pair like Luke Dubois, I mean, went into Columbus where he couldn't really help the fact that that situation was an absolute train wreck. And then he comes to Winnipeg and he's expected to be better than Patrick Line. And but like, I think he almost is like, he's such a good, complete player that yeah. I just think even in Columbus, man, if he would have just been their number one center for the next six years, he would have gone into unrestricted free agency and made nine plus million a season. Cause I honestly think he's that talented, but I just think, listen, if a player needs out of a situation once I get it when a player needs out of a situation twice and he's only 23 or 24 years old, I'm kind of just like, what's the deal here? Like why? You only have 30 options left, man. It just causes was, me to raise an eyebrow. In Columbus, there was John Tortorella. So that's a thing. He's, you know, he, John Tortorella is notoriously difficult with young players. So that's one thing. And then there's been a, there's been a ton of players in Winnipeg who seem to have problems. There's talk about Patrick Laine wanting to leave because the environment was toxic. And then there's talk that Blake Wheeler and Dustin Bufflin hated each other and they couldn't communicate at all when that was, when, when they were on the team together and Jacob Truba wanted to get out. Like, yeah, I don't know if the, yeah. If, if the thing for Winnipeg is it's like, I'm not just going to sit here and shit on Winnipeg and say it's a terrible city. I don't think that's the reason players don't no. want to play there. I think it's, there's a bad, bad culture and vibe with that team. That's, well, that's what I was going to say. It makes you wonder how Paul Maurice held his job for as long as he did. Yeah. Like, a miracle worker, if anything. Well, it, like, um, except in, except with personnel issues. So, but Frank Cervalli's talked about that's the reason why Mark Shifley's name was getting thrown around is because they looked at Shifley. That's another and, name, yeah. And they were kind of getting sick of his act. And like him and Wheeler, they're kind of tired of it there. And I wonder, and that's why I sent up the tweet being like, what does a total teardown look like in Winnipeg where you rip it to the studs and you trade everybody? And what does a medium little retool look like? How quickly could it's, you change the culture there by saying, yep, Shifley's gone. Wheeler's gone. We're going to sign a couple of young free agents and we're going to see if this rejuvenates our team. Cause there's wild. clearly something wrong there. They should have been so good this year. They, they, on paper, they have a very good team. I think yeah. Frank Saravalli had him as, as cup winners in the beginning of the year. It's wild, man. <laughs> yeah, so. it's crazy. Um, but Hellebuck to Edmonton, I would say highly unlikely, but I would move a lot. Dare to dream. Just not Edmonton. Let's make it a thing. Let's make it a narrative. All right, we are going to get. Yeah, we should just make it a narrative. Start like making the agenda. 
start like hacking into Frank's Twitter account and being like, sources tell me the Oilers and Jets are having talks. Was once a day, you just post on our Instagram, what would you pay for Connor Hellebuck? Yeah. yeah. And then tag yeah. Kevin Sheffield Dayoff's yes. personal TikTok. Um, all right, we're going to step aside for an ad. When we come back, ask the idiots. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. All right, time for Ask the Idiots, delivered by our friends or brought to you by our friends at Buster's Pizza. It's not delivered by our friends at Buster's Pizza, although they do. I think they do delivery, right? They do do delivery. They do do delivery. All right. Dasha. Do do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Great joke. Was. Do do. Great uh, joke. Um, ask the idiots. As always, if you submit a question, you are eligible to win a GC to Buster's Pizza. Uh, we put out the call as we do on Twitter and on Instagram for your questions. I like this one from Brock. You know me. I'm a big golfer. You don't have to be a golfer to answer it. But you and three Oilers are going golfing. Who's filling out the foursome? Hmm. Coomsey, what three Oilers would you spend an afternoon in? You know what? I'll open this up. Past or present Oilers? Okay, that, that I was going to ask you if it's past or present. I think I would I would go with some controversial guys just to kind of see what happened there. Like I think Chris Pronger would definitely have to be a part of it. That was mm. somebody whose time in Edmonton ended very unceremoniously. Uh, Sheldon Surrey, same kind of thing. And then you'd want to find somebody from the '90s who was involved in some weird stuff. I think Shane Corson had a pretty weird time here. So those three guys, just to have a really chaotic time, maybe get some drinks flowing, get some uh, crazy stories told. Mm. That like, makes bring sense. Back on the pod, uh, Dan. I would go more current. I think I'm in the same line as Coombsy though. I would go with Brandon Manning, Connor McDavid and and Matt Hendricks. Cause I want to know about why Matt Hendricks was, you know, why he was the the glue guy that everybody keeps talking about. And then, yeah, I'd love to see the Manning and McDavid dynamic for 18 holes. It would just be so good. I feel like they'd be super competitive against each other and shit. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think here. This is, this is a tough one. There's a part of me that wants to go super random. Like I want to go Kyler Yamamoto because from that video, he seems like mm-hmm. a good guy to play golf with. Then throw in Nikolai Happy Bullen. Just, just for. <laughs> All right, you're not going to remember the back nine, but continue. And, and then we'll, two we'll, guys that I always associate. Well, we'll throw in. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Ilya Brzgalov. Oh, that's actually a good one. Yeah, great. Ilya Brzgalov. Perfect. Happy uh, Golden Brzgalov. And then <laughs> think of another Russian goalie they've ever had. Uh, uh, we'll put uh, Nikita Nikitin. We'll have like a whole Euro <laughs> golf. And let's I go. Had, I had wiped him from my memory. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dennis Grebyshkov. Dennis <laughs> Just me and Ty Conklin and Mark Andre Brzgalov. <laughs> yes. That's a good one. Think, yeah. What about you, Tyler? Who would I want to spend an afternoon golfing with? I, I think Yamo is a really good choice because that video, you know, it looks like uh, they know how to have a good time. I might go with like that young Oilers core that you see out and about a lot. Yes. Just Bouchard, Fogel, Yamo. I think you would have a good time with them. And I'll, and I'm sure right now with their pull in the city, they could get us on a real nice golf course. Oh, probably. Like maybe even out with our friends at Cattail Crossing. Um, I like this one from at, oh, I can't say who it is. I did good one. I didn't say the first one. You did did. I? No, you absolutely did. Just I the did? first name, Brock. Oh shit. <laughs> we need, we need bag milk back on this podcast. Bad man. <laughs> I floated this question out on real life the other day. 
if you could go back in time and watch live a hockey game from a hundred years ago in the past or a hockey game from a hundred years in the future, which one would you pick? Dan? Uh, I, yeah, I'll go in, I'm going to go to the past. I just think that when I see photos of, of old hockey games, it feels different. And I'd be curious to know what the, what the environment was like, if it was raucous, if it was bloodthirsty, I just want to know where, uh, where our old grandfathers and grandmothers were at with their hockey fandom. Uh, mm. was. That's tough. Cause if you go back in the way in the past, like no one's wearing hockey jerseys, they're all wearing like suits Suit and trench stuff. Coats and yeah. And like, I gotta be fancy. And smoking cigarettes. Yeah. But, I also want to go like I, I I'll go down the the future route just see how fast hockey players are and how is it, is it all in the metaverse at this point like what well, what's going on like I don't know I'll go 100 uh 100 100 years in the future Coomzy I think given the way things are going, I don't want to see like how anything looks. I'm kind of scared that. too. I won't lie. Unless unless the the, the context hockey's on the moon. Yeah, me there, being yeah. like my brain chip being uploaded into the matrix and I get to play in like 100 years from now, sure. But I guess I would by default then pick the 100 years ago game, which I think would honestly aesthetically it'd be cool to be around that. But game wise, like, is that <laughs> are they still only doing the backwards pass at that time? Yeah, it'd be 1922, yeah. Oh, right? Oh, so, yeah, and it would be so slow and so bad. Half the players are weak. half the players are dead of the well, that'd be exciting. You know, you're you're currently like around, yeah, it's like what post-world war one that'd be wild yeah, yeah you're be, like about a, you're coming up on the great depression <laughs> yeah like watching the habs and wings you're like all right oh sounds familiar <laughs> whoa whoa <laughs> love it wow Kuzi's getting uh, okay anyways um <laughs> this one from our instagram do you think austin matthews deserved the heart trophy over connor mcdavid was in a sense, like I can see like goals being added a little bit more value, you know, scoring 60 plus goals first time in 10 years. Like he definitely deserve, deserves to be in the conversation. And I think the award, but what Connor McDavid did was also pretty wild. And it's just what shocked me more was the amount of votes that McDavid didn't get. Um, it was such a landslide between him and Matthews were ridiculous. So I think he deserves it. It's like 60 plus goals. It's pretty remarkable in today's game. I would say, yeah, that that's my take too. Uh, I would, I would have voted for Connor McDavid if I had a vote. I think if you take Matthews off the Leafs, they make the playoffs. If you take McDavid off the Oilers, they, they don't make the playoffs, honestly. Yeah. Like, uh, and if the rules were reversed, the Oilers fans who are complaining about it heavily, like I don't have, I don't have a problem with it. The Oilers fans who are complaining about it, if it was reversed, if Matthews had 120 points, but Leon Drysaddle scored 60 goals, Oilers fans would be livid if Matthews won it over Drysaddle in that scenario. If you kind of get what I'm saying, so I didn't yeah. have a problem with it. Coomzy, did you? No, not really. I mean, if you just kind of look at it, it's you know, voter fatigue is a thing. You're never nobody wants to see Connor. I mean, not not nobody. People in Edmonton want to see him whenever yeah. year, of course. But no, people around the league don't want to see McDavid win ten times in a row. He's obviously the best player in the league, whatever. But Austin Matthews goes ahead and scores fifty goals in a span of fifty games. That's something that doesn't really happen. That's you know an all time thing to accomplish. Um, the Leafs have their best season in franchise history. That's not a massive bar because they've been terrible for so long. But still, that's a hundred and four year franchise i also disagree with tyler saying that if you took matthews off the leaps they'd be just fine no, i didn't that say they'd be, be just fine i think they would have made the playoffs in the eastern conference this year yeah you're probably right just because of how bad the other teams were like yeah but in a normal year i don't think they would i think you're overestimating how weak the leaps depth has become like Tavares is a shell of his former self uh, mm-hmm. without matthews and then you have a mediocre Tavares as your number one there ain't much after that alex kerfoot's your two seed yeah. Okay. But my, again, my point this year, cause it's a, this year award, you take Matthews off there. They're the eight seed in the East. I don't think they're worse than the Islanders. Yeah, I guess. And the Oilers, no, I don't want to say the Oilers without McDavid are going to speak over Dallas or somebody like that. You're probably right. No, that's fine. But yeah, I think it's, it's, there's merit to seeing him win the award because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Whatever. For me, and this this just is going to sound like a bitter Oilers fan, but it's just I think it's just the reality is that the award shifted away from being the best player in the league, which is what the Ted Lindsay Award I think has become now, um, and it's more who's more valuable to your team, and so that 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 shift I think has allowed for the conversation to like in the nineties, the the best player in the league just won it every year with with every award, mm-hmm. like Curtis Joseph. 
never won a Vesna trophy. Great goalie in his time, but he just wasn't the best goalie of the, at, at, in any of those seasons. And so, uh, like, I just think that it, it kind of changed and Coombsy's correct. The, like, when you look at those ballots and you see Connor McDavid left off as many ballots as he was, that's voter fatigue. That's not wanting to have the same guy win it every year. That's a planned decision by whoever voted. And guess what? They have the right yeah. to do that. Yeah. Just like everybody else that gets the ability to vote has the right to vote how they want to. People are allowed to do that stuff. So Isn't there a, a writer from Pittsburgh? Seth Rotterbaugh. Yeah. Who and he, he does this all the time though. Oh, okay. Okay. But that, and that's, and so that to me, it's just, you know, that's just the way that the world works now the writers are all connected. We can yell at any writer that votes in this thing. And people have yelled at Seth Rotterbaugh and, and uh, Brooksy for not sending yeah. in his ballot at all, that kind of thing. Um, it just is what it is. And so, do I think that Austin Matthews is the best player in the league? I don't think that most people do, but that he was this year, and that's yeah. fine. And he's, McDavid's going to win another heart again, probably. Like, yeah, it's it's going to happen again. He's one of few. It's. <laughs> I will say the yeah. amount of the amount of care that we put into individual awards that none of us are winning is pretty funny to me. I uh, I said this on the Daily Face Off show today. The odds aren't out for next year's Hart Trophy winner. I'm wagering heavily on McDavid to win it because I think after one year of not giving it to him and after the buzz his playoffs created, because remember they yeah. voted on this before the playoffs, the buzz from his playoffs will carry over in the next season. McDavid's winning the heart next year. So he had to take a year off. That's fine. Uh, this question comes in. What would be harder using being in the NHL and using skates from the seventies or sticks from the seventies? Coomsey? Skates undoubtedly. Like um, I would rather have a good pair of skates and use like a broom for the puck and just skate around and do sweet fuck all then have to be on terrible skates that hurt my feet and then have a good stick. Like you're, you're immobile at that point. Was. Yeah. I'll go with skates. I'll just agree with Coombs there. Yeah. Dan. I, well, I mean, I just learned how to skate this year. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think that I have, I think that I, like I, I would say the skates just because when I tried on skates, I was of the mindset that I was going to have to have, you know, these, these, form fitted, you know, just absolute messes of my feet. I'm going to be hobbled around after every skating outing. No, I was like wearing freaking sneakers on blades. Like it's, it's skating and technology has come so much further than sticks have sticks are just wood versus carbon fiber. And honestly, honestly, I think the sticks in the seventies were more durable than they are now. So so the follow up here from the listener who actually won a couple of weeks ago. So you're not waiting today. Sorry, Scott. Um, who would have a better year? Connor wearing a pair of skates from the seventies or Matthews using a stick from the seventies. Coombsy. Uh, same answer. Like you just saying, yeah, same answer. Same yeah. So Matt Matthews using a 70s stick would have a better year than McDavid using 70 skates was. Yeah. I would have to agree with that as well. I, I, he's just an unreal at scoring. So I, I feel like Connor would find a way to make those skates work though, with his speed and Matthews and Matthews, maybe with that giant wood stick would not have the same kind of finesse that he does. So I I'll I, say Connor. And I'll Matthew. say Connor too. I'll say Connor too. I think you're, you're taking away Matthew's shot in a way yeah. like a stick from the seventies. You know, if it has a curve, it's probably not going to be nothing too <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, and McDavid, I think could maybe adapt his game to just, you know, maybe he wears an extra thick yeah. pair of socks with the skates and uh, <laughs> he just doesn't, he, he turns into more of just like a slow playmaker. Uh, last one. And this is the last one, but it's only for Coombsy. Uh, this person sent this in and they didn't even know you were going to be on the pod today, but they said, watching the Blue Jays game, there's a box showing the strike zone. The umpire was awful calling strikes outside the box. With today's technology, couldn't the umpire have an earpiece with someone telling him if it's a ball or a strike? That is possible, but then you do lose the fun human element of having some senile old man behind the plate <laughs> dictate whether your team's going to win or lose baseball game. <laughs> so I don't know why we'd want accuracy in a world where there's betting advertisements Whoa. all over sports, but I don't and, know if there's any solution. And we were but talking jokes about aside, what, what, what the guy is saying in the question is hundred percent accurate. They could very easily make these calls via through like an office in <laughs> yeah. New York and then just send a buzzer for it being a certain thing. And the guy just puts up his arm. Yeah. I don't think a reasonable thing to do. We were talking about it before the show. I don't know why that umpire just didn't, you know, go back to the strike zone after he made his mistake, but instead he fixed it by changing the strike zone for the rest of the game. Yep. Yeah. He That's made one bad show. call. They make, they make make one mistake at the beginning of the game and you just keep doing it. So you don't have to acknowledge that you did. That's, that's, that's the problem. So they actually in the Atlantic league where they'll try like a bunch of weird rules, they threw in robo umps where the ump would sit with an earpiece and it, he would get like a ding or a buzz if it was a ball and then like two dings or a buzz if it was a strike. Right. And 
I read an article about it and it was talking to managers of the league and umps about how like the thing still messed up. Like there would still be times where it's like, that is not a strike. And they would yell at the ump and the ump would be like, yeah, I know. Like, I, <laughs> what do you want me to fucking do about it? I'm just telling what the buzzer's telling me. I just think that the difference between a human and a robo ump is what we laid out. The, the human, it's hard to admit that you were wrong. Yeah. And so therefore it's way easier to just keep changing the rules to adjust to your wrongness. And so with a robo ump, you're absolutely right. There's going to be mistakes made. There's going to be a time where a ball that's like, four feet off the plate is going to be called a strike. And everybody's gonna be like, Oh, we can't have this with robo arms. But the difference is, is that even if they make that mistake, the next time they reset the score, the strike zone is the yeah. exact same. Uh, all right, let's wrap this episode of the podcast up with a little twig and berries, hot and cold performer. Shout out to twig and berries. They will make you look hot this summer or Maybe ah. even keep cool. Twigandberries.ca, promo code Nation15 gets you 15% off. Uh, we will start with our veggies, as our friend Bag Milk likes to say, your cold performer of the week. Dan? My cold performer of the week is going to go out to, um, sorry, uh, the, uh, the, the controversy surrounding these NHL playoffs and the referees. I think that the NHL could help itself by changing some of the rules and some of the wording around their rules, especially around offsides or sorry, uh, too many men on the ice. I think we need some help with that. Uh, a lot of the conversation after game four wouldn't have existed had it not been for these gray areas in the rule book. So for me, the NHL rule book is going to get my cold performer of the week. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok and flat out deceived. Working our way down the table. Waz, who's your co-performer of the week? I go with the NHL awards and how they just hosted it in some random, I don't know if it's a random restaurant, but just the, the, the environment it was in. Like, how do you go from Vegas to wherever they were in Tampa Bay? Like, it's just, it's just weird. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. And apparently uh, Keenan Thompson or whatever had like 10 more minutes of jokes and a monologue lined up, but they ran out of time in their TV slot. So they just turned it like they just abruptly stopped down. I didn't watch the awards. So uh, Coombs, your co-performer of the week. Uh, I'm just going to keep piling on the league here and just say the Stanley Cup final has been shockingly boring. It should be a really, really exciting. I saw Jim Matheson make, I think, a fairly apt comparison saying that it was like the Islanders and the Oilers in the late in the late in the early 80s, right? Where it's kind of like the old champion getting dethroned by the new hot up and coming team. And it just hasn't been exciting. It's just I've My cold performer of the week is going to go to the voters who did not have Connor McDavid on their ballot. Really? You think JT Miller was a more valuable player this season than the guy who led the NHL in points? Don't think so. Uh, you get my cold performer of the week. What the hell is going on? Hot performer of the week time. Let's flip the order around and talk about some positive standouts from our life or the sporting world over the last seven days. Coomzy, who is your hot performer of the week? On the other side of that, the Stanley Cup final has been disinteresting to me, but the Memorial Cup has been very fun to watch. It's nice to have it back. It had been gone for two years. And now we have an Oilers top prospect, Xavier Borgo, and the Edmonton Oil Kings in the Mem Cup. It's, uh, it's been a very, very good one for us to watch. Pour it on! I've been jumping the gun here on your button. Right. Sorry, Kimzi. Uh, Waz- that's fine. That's fine. I know. Let's wrap it up. Come I on, come on. Me here. <laughs> uh, Waz, what do you got? Um, I don't really know if I have anything like from this week, but I'll just give a shout out to Ryan Nugent Hopkins being drafted 11 years, years ago today. You know what? Bag milk would like that. He's a hot guy. He is a hot guy. Dan. Uh, well, my hot performer is going to come from this past weekend. And I was able to attend uh, one of our former radio podcast sponsors, Sherwood Ford put on an event yeah. called race for the cure. And, uh, I was really astounded. I was able to drive around two kids from the Stollery, which was absolutely the best time I've had in months and months and months. So huge thank you to Sherwood Ford and the Race for the Cure event. You can get my hot performer of the week. This is why I'm hot. I'm hot because I'm fly. You ain't because you not. Sorry, it's a race for a cure, not the cure. For, uh, for me, my hot performer of the week is going to go to the fact that the nation, Oilers Nation Open is back coming up on August 19th. And just like we did last year, we are auctioning off a chance to golf with the nation real life crew. It's myself, Jay and Chalmers. So here's the deal. Normally to get in on the Oilers Nation Open, it's a thousand bucks for a foursome. So 250 bucks a person that gets you your 18 holes of golf in the tournament. It gets you your dinner afterwards. We have a ton of great door prizes. You get to see Jason Greger cry at the banquet as well, which is always a good time. Um, We do a bunch of cool stuff. 
The auction for the real life crew, because you're golfing with again, me, Jay, and Chalmers, it's two people. We start the bidding at $500, so market value. So if you don't have a full foursome, but you want to golf, this is a great chance for you. Last week it went, or last year, it went for a little over 500 bucks. And not only do you get to golf with us, not only do you get all the perks of being a normal member of the tournament, but uh, we take care of you and we make sure you have a very good time, if you know what I'm saying. So Hot Performer of the Week is the fact that the Oilers Nation Open is back. And if you want to golf with myself, Jay, and Chalmers, you can email your bid starting at $500 to Tyler at OilersNation.com. Yeah, it's like a reverse auction. It's a good time, by the way. You bid how much? People are going to pay to golf with you. I thought you were paying them. Someone paid. I think. I think our winning bid was like six fifty last year to golf with us. So uh, it all goes. It all goes. It's a donation to Gregor's grads. So it's a charitable donation to golf with us. So yeah, thanks, Coomsey. Also, come to Toronto with us and visit Coomsey. Except he's not going to be there. Also, come and visit where. Coomsey is right now. Yeah. Uh, but you'll be back here for the golf tournament, right? Coomsey. Correct. Nice. Um, and yeah, we are doing a trip to Toronto. That's also available nationgear.ca. The trip's actually filling up pretty quickly here. So, uh, it's 1300 bucks that gets you your flights to and from Toronto, double occupancy. So, uh, the flights to and from Toronto transportation to from the airport, three nights in a downtown Toronto hotel tickets to two J's games tickets to a TFC game as well. There is a lot going on. Um, we're going to have a good time out in Toronto. And if you come, I will buy you a beer. That is the Remchuk guarantee. Uh, that's going to be a wrap on episode 208 of the real life podcast. Shout out to all of our sponsors, Oodle Noodle, DoorDash, Buster's Pizza, and Twig and Berries. Shout out to our, uh, our call-ups today. I'll call them Waz and Coombsy. Thanks for doing this boys. Call-ups. I was in the show before uh, you. I, I, I hope I get to come on more often. I enjoy this. This is fun. It's a Mike Comrie like call a, up. I'm like a come promoter retirement guy. We got the two TikTok stars, Tyler and I. Yeah. You know. And actually, Coomsy, that is, that is a great reply to me calling you a call up is to say that you were here well before me. Uh, all right, that's going to be a wrap on the episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again next week. Shout out Xavier Borgo. Mm. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.